Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Selena. Together, we are moms to five children, including two sets of twins. At Tweet Dreams, we are passionate about helping families achieve the peaceful night's rest they deserve because we were formerly overwhelmed and sleep deprived ourselves. We love nothing more than helping families achieve their specific sleep goals. So the whole family can be rested and thriving. On this podcast, you'll not just hear about sleep-related topics, we'll chat about how it started, where we are today, and the experiences that have shaped us as mothers of twins. We hope you'll enjoy listening to the ups and downs, the highs and lows, and everything in between. Hey everybody, welcome back to Twin Life with Tweet Dreams. We are here today to talk about sleep anxiety. What is sleep anxiety? We both struggle with it, right, Stelina? For sure. It's definitely part of the reason why I sleep trained my girls very early. Right. And so we thought this topic was really important to touch on in some of our first recordings because we know we're not alone and that there's other mamas out there who are feeling this. So when I think about sleep anxiety, what does that mean? And for me, I think for both of us, really, it means that we're sort of consistently worrying about our baby's sleep and or having like negative emotional reactions when they don't sleep well, right? With like an added layer of some sleep perfectionism. For sure, 100%. And so what that looks like is when it comes to our kids' sleep, we're not very go with the flow. I know there's lots of people who are in the camp of we just take it day by day. I don't like a schedule. Schedules overwhelm, right? Whereas I'm the opposite where if there is no schedule, I'm overwhelmed. Same. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Yeah. And I think like with a schedule, there's that layer level of predictability. You know what each day is going to look like. And specifically with twins, a schedule is life-giving, right? You know when you're going to get your breaks, that they're going to get their rest, and when bedtime is going to be, right? For me personally, it's the only way I could survive still. And in the early years, when they were newborns and you know the sleep schedule just wasn't there, that was just a, a moment in my life where I had a lot of anxiety about everything just because I didn't have any predictability. So bringing in the predictability regarding the twin sleep, you know, was was indeed life-changing for me and my whole family. Right. And I think we can both say that we're both anxious people. We do struggle with anxiety, so we will say that. Oh, I'm not going to hide it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I think that's great. Don't hide it. You know, work through it, live through it, develop your own coping mechanisms, right? Because I think any parenting expert will say you have to regulate yourself before you can regulate your children. Sure. And so working through anxiety like working through sleep anxiety on top of being an anxious person has been a struggle bus. So if I have to think about like the two, I'm not saying like, you know, five to six years, I was just a ball of anxiety (laughs) over their sleep. I, as you would agree, it ebbs and flows, it peaks and valleys during different developmental stages. For me, it was more so around like the six, seven month mark. And then again, throughout the twos, two years. What about you? The twos for sure. I started developing a little bit more sleep anxiety, sleep perfectionism, whatever you want to call it, just because, you know, 
you're combating with a toddler now versus, you know, a little itty baby where you have likely more than one nap to work with. So, okay, we can say if one nap didn't go well, we still have the next one. I, I found a lot of reassurance in that when my kids were, were little, but then when they're, you know, two years old, maybe even 18 months, the schedules change for sure. And they change now they can speak. They can tell you maybe they don't want to go to sleep. It takes a little bit longer for them to get tired. You have to work harder to make them tired. This can be harder for me, especially in the winter. Um, Living in the Northeast, sometimes it's really cold and it's hard to stay inside the house when it's super cold. Um, And that's a big way that I get my my children tired. I, I love just taking them outside. So yeah, my my kids, my twins are, are two and a half right now. So I'm kind of going through it right now, if you will. But um, mm-hmm. definitely a work in progress. Definitely getting better day by day, right? Like I just try and control what I can control, set them up for success. We've talked about this often, Lindsay. I, you know, have to tweak their schedules a little bit, you know, maybe cap some naps, maybe wake them up earlier, which is not something I love to do. I'm not going to lie. I, I love to maximize as much sleep as I can with my own children and my clients. But yeah, it's um, it's been challenging, the two-year mark. So I can definitely relate to a lot of our toddler parents because I am right there with you guys and these toddlers. They're like so, so cute, but sometimes they're so stubborn and it's difficult, right? So yep. why did you have anxiety when the twins were like six, seven months? Is there a reason for, for that kind of sleep anxiety? Yes. And I can relate with the twos. So 100%, I felt like that was the hardest age to like still hold on so tightly to that nap because it's 100% needed but it was like a game of chess like every single day like are they tired enough did they eat enough are we crabby today did they sleep well last night you know the potty training you throw that in there so I suffered a lot of nap anxiety when mine were two but on the other end of it I have very distinct memories of being very, very anxious around the six and seven month old, like old time frame when my twins were doing three to two nap transition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I knew a lot about sleep. I felt like we had made a lot of great changes to their sleep. I was focused on it, but like, I didn't know everything that I know now, obviously. And even though we see it all the time, even though you do everything right, it still doesn't always go perfectly. And so I just felt like in this three to two nap transition, I felt backed into a corner with one of my twins because she would only take 30 minute naps, which is a sign that we need to do a nap transition, right? But I was kind of being stubborn about it and being like, there's no way we can do three to two when she only naps for 30 minutes that kind of thing. I remember my husband, like it just like wasn't on his radar at all. But for me, like, we would put them down at one o'clock and she'd be up by one thirty, and then she would skip her cat nap. And the I just worst. would have this horrible dreaded doom like of clouds over me thinking like, how is this baby going to stay awake until bedtime? I can't put her down early because she has a twin, right? That scheduled synced bedtime is so important. And honestly, like I remember being at my first mother's day and my husband took the twins home for their nap and I like couldn't think about anything else. I was like texting him like, does she only sleep 30 minutes? Like, is she up already? Like, this is terrible. Like it ruined my, my day almost. And so that's obviously my own issue 
I just felt like it was really much out of my control, which if you struggle with anxiety, that's familiar. So it, what we know about anxiety is we sort of forecast the doom and gloom to last forever. At least that's how it feels for me. So in my mind, I'm like, she's never going to take a longer nap and she's broken. There's something wrong. There's Why can't she sleep? Am I doing something wrong? And so those are big things I struggled with. And even being back to work, thank God we did not have like Wi-Fi cameras because you better believe I would have been like checking that thing at work, which is so <laughs> unhealthy. Okay, but I know. do you agree yeah. that's unhealthy? I mean, yes. Like, especially one time I remember one of my girls had like a lovey over their head and I was, I texted my nanny. I was like, um, do you, are you looking at the camera? Like, do you see there's a lovey over her head? Like, can you go inside oh and remove that right now? <laughs> and like, meanwhile, it's fine. You know, like it's, it was totally fine, but I had seen it and I'm like, not close to my house or in the house. And I probably just shouldn't have looked. No, I know that's so no, that's totally it. relatable. I'm sure I, I get it, right? But I think for me, I'm like I'm so glad that I wasn't tuned in because it it was so distracting. And long story short, like I've told you before, we look back on these things and we're like, gosh, why did we worry so much? So if you're struggling with sleep anxiety, taking it to the extreme where you don't take your kids to a wedding or you don't go to a family birthday party because you're afraid of missing bedtime, we're here to tell you that you're not alone, right? I mean, you for sure, I know, have probably skipped some events. Hey girl, are you tired? Not only tired from lack of sleep, but tired from searching all over the internet for sleep advice that's specific to your twins? Here at Tweet Dreams, we know that twin-specific advice and routines should be easy to find and access, and that's why we are a one-stop shop for you as a sleep resource. Our blog is chock full of advice for twins when it comes to naps, night weaning, sleeping through the night, and so much more. Not sure where to start? Be sure to grab our free twin sleep guide available for download today. This guide will walk you through an optimal bedtime routine, how to keep them synced throughout the day, and how to keep a routine going. As twin moms, we know how special those breaks are and we want you to have them. Check out the show notes to grab your copy. Yes. So my girls are two and a half, like I said earlier, and then I also have a 13-month-old son. So I kind of have, you know, two two different schedules because the twins are on the same schedule and then the baby is on his own schedule. He's still on two naps right now. So like at any point in time, somebody in my house should probably be taking a nap, which I get it. It's a kind of a phase of life right now. And that's kind of how I try to look at it. But I've certainly missed events and I'm getting better about it because I kind of now just pick and choose the events that are worth my kids sleep being disrupted. Whereas maybe earlier I would just miss every event, right? And I think the girls being two and a half now kind of helps. Like, sure, they need their nap 100% still. But I think they can rally a little bit more than maybe six months ago or even a year ago. Um, so, yeah, we, we've we definitely missed events. But just recently, um, we had a one-year-old birthday party for a relative. And it was at one thirty, which my girls took a nap pretty much right at one thirty. So I was like, no, we're going to go. This is really important. The girls are going to skip their nap. And I can count on one hand the amount of times my girls have, like, skipped their nap because of some event. And you know what happened? It was fine. Um, One of my girls just... I was really proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. I was proud of myself. It was, it was hard. Um, but yeah, one of my girls is definitely... Um, 
more sensitive to sleep or missing sleep. And the other one, you know, maybe she's Party sensitive. Animal. She just doesn't show it. Exactly. Yeah. She's, she can, she can go, uh, that girl. But anyway, mm-hmm. you know, we just put them to bed early. Um, especially the one that's sensitive, definitely around like five thirty or six. I could tell she hundred percent still needs a snap, but we went to the party. It was a great time and I'm really glad that we did. So I can definitely make those choices for my family, I feel like. And, you know, it's, it's kind of um, difficult. And sometimes, I don't know if you can speak to this too, like sometimes I feel a little judged if I miss an event because of my kids sleep, but, you know, I want everybody here to list listening to know that you make choices for your family and for your children. And if you feel like you can't go to an event because of your child's sleep, then that's fine. But if you want to go and make memories and it's worth it, then we're going to give you the go ahead to go. Even if we're working with clients during the two week process, is it ideal? You know, maybe not, but doctor's appointments happen during naps for some reason all the time, you know, other appointments happen, life happens, children have to be picked up and you know, it kind of is what it is. Like one day isn't going to break everything. And I think that's what I struggled with a lot in the beginning. I would be like, oh my God, this is going to like ruin everything. The whole schedule is done where like, let's be serious. It's fine. I would definitely not make a habit of it. Like skipping the nap three times a week or something like that. We know kids need consistency, but you know, here and there to make memories, I've definitely been a little bit more lenient on myself. So that's great. I'm a little proud that's, of myself in that regard. No, I think it's a big step. I think that's, yeah. And I think that's what it's all about. That's why you see those like moms with, you know, three and four kids. And it's like, by the time you get around to the third, it's like, we know everybody's going to be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're going to live, you know, it's fine. they're going to live. I mean, I kept my kids home for my sister's wedding. So you don't have to like, feel like you're being judged over here. And I remember mm-hmm. my family being like, where's the twins? Where are the twins? I'm like, they're 11 and a half months old. They're at home in bed, right? Like exactly. what are they, what are they going to do here at a loud wedding? I know that's right. not like how it used to be. Like if weddings were, you know, especially in like different cultures, you know, those are a family affair, but I was just like the adult time. Right. And then, you know, that you're not a tired yourself the next day and your kids are tired. So totally relate on that aspect. So you have our permission guys to, get a babysitter, keep those kiddos at home. Right. Mm-hmm. So you said two years old has been t- kind of like the worst so far. We touched on it being really the sort of time where we have to like find that balance between night sleep, nap sleep, where the kiddos out. They don't need 14 hours of sleep anymore. Right. Their sleep needs are decreasing. So <laughs> um, make sure to read our blog on the two year sleep regression because it's a thing, right? And doesn't mean your kid's going to be broken forever or anything like that, but just give some touch points on sort of how to get through it. Where do you think, I call myself a little bit rigid. I'll own up to that, that I'm a little rigid when it comes to schedules, plans. And I was like this even before I had kids. So let's say, you know, my husband and I make plans with friends and like 30 minutes before we're supposed to meet somewhere, the plans would change. And that was not okay with me. Okay. So I was a little bit extreme in that way and that I don't like surprises. I can say we're, we're all products of our genetics and experiences, mm-hmm. right? 
I grew up in a little bit of a sort of a chaotic household. I have a mother who doesn't know what time is. Okay. (laughs) I was third in the family. So I just, a sister that was five years older. So I was yanked out of my bed at an early age to make it to kindergarten. Right. And so I feel like some of those things have sort of shaped me. And so when it comes to my kids, I do feel like I'm a bit rigid. I don't love it. I wish I was more go with the flow. Can you relate to that? Oh, 100%. We are super schedule-oriented over here, and I was like this before twins or kids in general. Um, Like a quick story, I guess, is before we had kids, my husband and I used to go on vacation often, oh. I guess you could say. <laughs> and right. I, wish, I know, right? Think of the past for now, but that's fine. We'll get back there. And um, I used to like make this thing called a PFS, Plan for Success, because usually we'd just go away for a weekend, and I wanted to make sure we would like see all the stuff that we needed to see in this new city or like maximize the time. And I would read all the restaurant reviews just to kind of like have it all like, uh, like just labeled out for me. And then I would make like a plan B. Oh, I I would send him like Excel spreadsheets. He's like, um, I guess like that's fine. But if we don't get to do all this, it's, it's also, it's also fine. I'm like, no, I'm not probably not going to come back here. Like I want to make sure we see this. And if we don't see this, then we can go see this. It's like close by, but that's just who I am. And you know, I'll own up to it. it. I I like making plans and some people don't like making plans. Some people are more with go with the flow. And sometimes I'm a little jealous of those people who can just be like, Oh, that's no problem. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just do something else. And I'm trying to work on that. But I think regarding sleep, just having twins in general um, brought out more of that rigidness because nobody wants to deal with an overtired child or a cranky child, sleepy child. Right. But then nobody really wants to deal with two. So I was always just of the school of thought, like, especially talking, you know, with parents of singletons when I was pregnant with my twins, I'd be like, oh, you'll figure it out. Don't worry. But nobody knows what it's like to have twins unless you have twins or you're like a caregiver of twins. Um, So I feel like for me, I just really needed them to sleep at the times that they were going to sleep so that I could do something else. Um, and I could make a phone call or just, you know, sit down, have a cup of coffee, like something. I just needed that. So, um, I guess that's kind of where it all came from. If you want to say that. Yeah. No, I think it's definitely personality. It's personality related, right? Would you say that you're as rigid and or anxious about your singleton sleep? So that's a great question. And, The answer is yes and no. Okay, so I'm definitely less rigid with him for a couple of reasons. One being that he's one baby. So he doesn't have to be on anybody else's schedule. Okay, so if he goes down a little bit early or a little bit late for his nap, it's fine because Uh it is. There's there's nobody else involved. Exactly. Like he doesn't have to be on anybody else's schedule. Same on the other end. If he wakes up early, or late. It's okay because he's not on anybody else's schedule. I still have a rigid schedule for him, for sure. Um, and I'm constantly, you know, changing it for him if, if necessary. And also, I think, you know, just having the experience of being a parent, you know, to my twins first, it's kind of like anything with parenting or having a second or third child. I think a lot of parents can relate to kind of like just letting some stuff slide because you know it's going to be fine you know, so I definitely am a little bit less anxious about his sleep for sure, but I still hold true to my sleep values 
if that's a thing and definitely make sure he gets the rest he needs and um, he's on his own schedule and stuff, but I don't panic as much about him just because he's, he's one baby. So it's, it's a different ball game. Yeah. It feels less heavy. feels a little bit easier. A little bit. So what? Not much. A little bit. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I do want to focus on some coping mechanisms because that's really important. And when we struggle with anxiety, we know that we have to self-regulate in those moments, bring ourselves down, use our common sense, right? Instead of sort of spiraling, which I'm known for, you know, I think of memories of, let's say my, my daughters were two and you can relate to this. A two-year-old sometimes has a, a long sleep onset at bedtime, mm-hmm. right? Yep. They take a nap. It takes a lot for them to get worn out. We still love our 7, 7.30 bedtimes. Although I would tell a client to push it closer to eight, but just being honest here, you know, so we could, I I, I would see my twins like rolling around in bed for like 30, 40 upwards of like an hour sometimes to fall asleep. And it bothered the heck out of me to where I would like cry. And I would just be oh. like, I know I talk to clients about this a lot. Like we don't feel like we can breathe until the babies are asleep. Okay. I don't know if you can relate to that, but yes, they're in their bed and everything's fine. But it's sort of like once they're asleep, you're like, boop, I'm good. I'm going to go do my thing versus you might be like staring at the monitor. And so I just remember like looking at my phone uh, or the baby monitor at that time like, oh my God, she's still not asleep. And my husband's like, why are you like, just watch the movie. She's Mm -hmm. not crying. She's happy. And I just really, really struggled with that. And so I had to come up with like coping mechanisms. And so it always helps me to wrangle in my anxiety in general to like keep my workouts going, get my sleep, right? So like putting my phone down, making sure I'm getting rest, uh, utilizing a therapist if I need to, And then honestly, like if this is sort of like an overshare, but I even looked into like tapping, like I was really, really struggling with this. Okay. I've heard of that. I looked into, yeah. So you can just get on YouTube and it basically grounds yourself. So you might, if somebody's having a panic attack, you might say, okay, Stelina, like look at the trees. What color are they? Oh, they're green. You know, what does the air feel like? Bringing yourself, grounding yourself into like your physical environment is really helpful for panics or for panicking. And so tapping is actually like finding a repetitive process where you're physically tapping your face, arms, parts of your body, and sort of like getting into this repetitive motion to calm the brain down. And I would actually have to do that sometimes when my kids were trying to fall asleep. I have no knowledge of why I felt so dysregulated in that moment, but it was a thing for me. And so I definitely wanted to touch on it. Well, I think those feelings are valid, right? Like you want your children to fall asleep easily. You want them to get the rest they need. You obviously have a background in in sleep consulting. So you know a lot more than other people. So I, I think that's totally fine. I definitely didn't have as much anxiety about that. You know, I would get more anxiety if my kids were like screaming, crying, not falling asleep at nighttime. But 
to me, it, it was more so regarding naps. Um, sure. Like, do I love them rolling around for an hour because maybe they took a longer nap or something? No, definitely not. I want them to get as much rest as possible, but I can kind of be okay knowing they're safe. They're happy. And they're relaxing, you know, playing with their loveys, whatever they're doing in there. Because even for me, like when I go to sleep, I definitely don't fall asleep right away. Sometimes I relax in my bed, read a book, you know, like I have a long sleep onset uh, myself. Yeah. So um, I personally don't have too much anxiety in that regard, but um, I know it's totally normal. And um, I think it's great that you looked into ways to help you through it. For me, like, Sometimes I just tell myself that everything is a phase. That phrase really helps me with with my children um, because it's true. Like whatever you're going through with your kids, you know, I won't say 100%, but, you know, like 98, 99% of the time, it's not going to be forever. You know, the tantrums, they shouldn't last forever. The sleep stuff shouldn't last forever. You know, the pickiness hopefully won't last forever. So I can kind of like move through life just knowing, okay, we're in this phase, this kind of stinks, but we know with kids, everything changes so fast. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just kind of am able to cope knowing, knowing that. Um, But I also did want to say that anxiety can be all consuming um, and it's not always a negative thing to have anxiety, but when it does consume you completely, like that, that's when I think it could be a bad thing. And I would definitely encourage our listeners who are having really bad anxiety to reach out to a therapist. If you feel like you need a third party to talk to even reach out to a psychiatrist. If, if you feel like they could help you, or even if you feel like they may not help you, it's never a bad idea to just get somebody else's opinion, talk to a third party, because it can be very real and it shouldn't be all consuming. Okay. So definitely know that there are resources out there. Um, if you're having anxiety about sleep or anything else that relates to you or your children, I just think that's really important to mention. Yeah, definitely. So important. Always know that there's help out there and we're here for you. And yeah, I think that's, we could talk all day about probably sleep anxiety. Um, we share, you know, WhatsApp chats all the time about what's going on. I feel like I'm sort of graduated from it. I will say my anxiety, my load of anxiety decreased significantly significantly once my twins stopped napping. And I know telling that to even to you, Stelina, you're like, no, 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 my kids are going to nap till they're 12. <laughs> but you get to a place where you're like the benefits of the nap don't outweigh like other things. And then they turn into these sort of regulated people who can like power through the day, who can go on a field trip or, you know, you can get out of the house and then they sleep 12 hours again. You get to that place eventually, but before you're there, you're like, nope, naps forever, you know, team naps. Um, for but I will say, yeah, like if you're listening and you're like, my kid's always going to nap, like it will be different. It'll look different. And it, I just felt like it was one less thing for me to sort of manage, which felt really, really great. Freeing. Sounds. Freeing. Definitely. Yep. Yep. We're done with naps over here. So, all right. Thanks for listening. We will be back soon. And till then, bye-bye. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed this topic. Bye everyone. Bye.
If you liked this episode and conversation, be sure to leave a review or rating. Share it with a friend on social media or a family member. It's our goal to reach as many parents of multiples and singletons alike. You're not alone in your parenting journey. If you'd like to hear about a specific topic or have an episode idea, please feel free to message us. We're here to help.